0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who have transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, Paramount Network for creating the wildly popular prestige TV drama Yellowstone. Now, if you haven't watched this show, I can forgive you for not understanding why it's so dangerous. And no, the problem isn't that it has an inadequate amount of profanity, violence, or sexuality. No, in all those categories, it is well above the minimum required threshold for continually desensitizing American audiences to violations of traditional norms of decorum and decency. That's fine. On that score, no problem. The problem, dear friends, is that it's conservative. That's right, Yellowstone is wildly popular with conservative viewers. Perhaps because it is set in an unabashedly rural flyover setting with farming and ranching and well, you know, places that don't even have public transit Starbucks or tent cities for the homeless. In fact, many observers have taken to calling it The Republican Show. Or Red State Game of Thrones. And that's the problem. Prestige TV series are supposed to be exclusively designed for blue state people like us. Even TV Guide observed that it's the only show of its kind that resonates so effectively with conservatives. Yellowstone is pro-family pro-military, pro-rural, and at the risk of belaboring the obvious, it's a Western. How on earth did the Hollywood Board of Right Thinkers ever allow such a lapse? Now, you might think perhaps that permitting conservatives to have one high-quality TV show might be acceptable under some sick, twisted notion of inverse equity or viewpoint fairness, but no, our entire project of cultural re-education depends on every single show advocating only our agenda and never theirs. That's because the only way we can constantly say there's no market for something like Yellowstone is by actively keeping shows like Yellowstone from being made so they can never be seen and succeed. Because trust me, shows like this that reward the Conservatives' belief in self-reliance, family bonds, and rugged independence only end up feeding their sense of belonging and representation, and these regressive, barbaric views must never receive favorable representation in art or film. This one single conservative show threatens all the great propaganda we have produced over the years to marginalize and stigmatize their way of thinking into submission. For shame, Paramount. For shame. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, the Rockettes. Now perhaps you don't know the sordid history of this so-called dance troupe, but until 1985 there were no non-white Rockettes. And it wasn't until 1987 that they admitted a menstruating person of Afro-American ancestry. And they didn't have anyone with a disability in 20, until 2019 when a member who was missing her left hand joined. But consider how anti-diversity they are. No one under five foot five or above five foot 10 and a half. They all must be proficient in ballet, tap, and jazz dance. Even without the marginalization of short and tall women, the overt ableism of requiring certain dance styles is a horrendous disinclusion of the alternatively talented. What if someone is born without rhythm? What if someone is simply not limber? And what if someone has a medically documented sequin allergy? Can these poor souls never be Rockettes? This beastly lack of inclusivity is extremely offensive, not to state the obvious, but what of the 13 or so American men who dream of performing high leg kicks on 34th Avenue? Are they ineligible simply because of the Y chromosome their fathers inflicted upon them? Now, I will say that our Holy Council of Externalized Condemnation does like the idea of many people abandoning their individual identity in the performance of group choreography. That subsumption of the individual to the collective is obviously very appealing to us. But when that collectivism is squandered on some racy burlesque of heteronormative leg kicks and painted on smiles, it does nothing to advance any of the agenda items so carefully crafted by our international consortium of pink hat remonstrators. To put the point bluntly, the Rockettes scream similarity. And our mantra is diversity, uber alles. Diversity to the point of incoherence if need be. But diversity always and forever. Thus... As an outdated and oversexualized bastion of leggy non-inclusion, the Rockettes must go. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And finally, Thanksgiving itself. Which continues to be a thorn in the side of our efforts to radically reconstruct our culture as the progressive paradise that it deserves to be. Now, obviously, there are massive problems with the revisionist history of the pilgrims and the indigenous peoples as well as other historical inaccuracies, but of course, we never mind historical inaccuracies as long as we're the ones manipulating them to advance our cause. Revising history is kind of our thing. No, the elements of Thanksgiving that might at first seem offensive, such as celebrating colonizers and their oppression, is just small mashed potatoes in the grand, poisonous meal of Thanksgiving itself. First, think of the food waste. Imagine how much unnecessary sustenance is squandered on the already obese American public that could otherwise be used more prudently to feed people around the world. Second. Consider the massive greenhouse gases generated by all that flying and driving Americans do to reach their loved ones for this outrageously wasteful meal. I wager we could shave years off the time it takes us to become canonized saints of greenhood if we just eliminated the holiday travel around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Don't get me started on Christmas. Third, think about where people go for Thanksgiving to see their biological families. Do you not see how important it is for our agenda to undermine the bonds of family and render people loyal to their new communities and to the causes we tell them to care about? Family must not be allowed to come before marching and chanting and sign waggling at mostly peaceful protests. But fourth and perhaps most devastating of all, the core concept of Thanksgiving is itself inherently dangerous. That's because our entire program depends on people being unsatisfied, discontent, and aggravated enough to keep pushing the status quo to change. But if they make a deliberate effort to pause and consider their blessings and give thanks for all they have to be grateful for, it's entirely possible they'll realize just how good they already have it in this country. And our message of revolt against the system can't last long if the rabble we're rousing ever discovers just how good things actually are right now. We desperately need them to be separated from family, focused on the problems and things they do not have, and exquisitely dissatisfied. Taking time to give thanks most certainly does not help us accomplish this. For all these reasons, Thanksgiving must end. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend! And now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend!